Good evening, and welcome to the Independent News Hour. I'm John Tarleton, Editor-in-Chief of the Independent, New York City's lefty newspaper and website. It's great to be here with you today. We have a little bit of a late start. We have a full show. want to let you know we hit the streets earlier today with a brand-new print issue. You can also find us online at independent.org. I'm joined by the Independent's Associate Editor, Amber Gagarian. Hi, John. It's great to be here with you and all of our listeners on 99.5 FM and streaming on WBAI.org. We've got another amazing show today. And in the first half of today's show, we'll be talking about Mayor Adams' latest brutal round of budget cuts to city agencies and the public services that they provide. We will also talk with the group that is working to redirect money from a bloated military budget to cities like New York. And in the second half of the show, we'll get a report from an anti-war protest in lower Manhattan that is just now getting underway. It's in support of a theater troupe that was recently arrested in mass on the West Bank. And we'll speak with the creators of a beautiful exhibit currently on display at Brooklyn College called From Beirut to Brooklyn. We'll also share some highlights from our beautiful new issue of The Independent. At the half hour mark, it's loaded with more Palestine coverage. But now we turn to City Hall, where Mayor Eric Adams is pushing dramatic mid-year budget cuts that would cut funding for most city agencies by 5% and then by another 10% in April. Adams says he has to do it because of the influx of migrants over the past 18 months coming from the southern border. But critics of his plan note that there is no budget gap this year. And why insist future projected budget gaps are not nearly as bad as he claims and that he is actually using the migrants as a convenient scapegoat while he carries out a preset austerity agenda, which we'll talk more about. So joining us now to help us make sense of what's going on with these budget cuts and why they are so worrisome is Brandon West. He is a former city council staffer who focused on budget-related matters when he worked there. He also ran for city council in 2021 as a DSA-endorsed candidate in District 39 in Park Slope. He finished second in a seven-candidate race. Uh, Brandon has a powerful op-ed. Uh, in our current uh, new issue of The Independent. Uh, it's titled, City Council Must Reject the Mayor's Rogue Budget Cuts. It's also currently the top article on independent.org, I-N-D-Y-P-E-N-D-E-N-T dot O-R-G. Brandon, welcome to the show. Great to be here. Thanks so much. Sure. So, first of all, can you describe uh, the scale of the cuts envisioned by Mayor Adams and what their impact would be on New Yorkers' lives if they were carried out? And also tell us about the two city departments that are not uh, being targeted for these cuts. Yeah, certainly. So this, you know, this is the current budget. So this is a modification. So this isn't a new budget. This is the already existing, particularly austere budget that we have. And this is an additional 1.4 billion uh, cut from essential and like care-based services. You know, so this is, this will essentially eliminate more than 2,000 jobs. So this is include libraries, you know, and this is, you'll be hearing some things about this, like, in general in the last few weeks and in the future, but this is about almost like half a billion to the Department of Education, uh, you know, and this is not even talking about out years, but this is like more immediate, but you're talking about ending up uh, lots of funding going to community schools, like hundreds of DOE jobs are going to get cut. There's like a summer rising program that's going to get cut. 
you can talk about libraries, you talk about the ending of some of Sunday, uh, you know, um, services, you know, in public libraries, which some folks are talking about. There was an event which was a vigil for this, you know, weekend service, which is super important because it's a time when a lot of people need access to it. You know, it, it goes deep. You know, CUNY is already talking about some of their core basic operation services are not going to be possible with this type of cut that's going uh, to it, you know, and obviously there's two, um, you know, agencies that are being left largely the same, which is you know, corrections and, and police, you know, and this has been, you know, they'll say that like, oh, we're making some small adjustments to these agencies. These agencies have gotten uh, the lion's share of a lot of new funding in the beginning of Eric Adams administration, and it's being left the same because this is like security, quote unquote. Um, but as you can see, like a lot of the funding that's being used is a lot of expensive capital budgets, things that don't need to happen now, even if you agree that it should happen, which a lot of folks will say they shouldn't. And then also you have like a lot of expensive overtime. So you're talking about cops standing around in the subways on their cell phones, uh, collecting overtime, uh, not, not really doing much of anything. You know, this is what their budget's being kept for when we're making these kind of cuts through the social services across the city. And to what extent do we even have a budget crisis um, given that there's no budget gap expected this fiscal year and the budget deficits um, being forecast for future years. Now, I know in your article you talked about how those, you know, that that's what he's, that and the migrant influx is like what he's basing his reasoning for this austerity budget on. So explain why that's not how we usually actually um, do that. Right. I mean, so this is already a technical process and we're going into a more technical part of a technical process, but, you know, a, this is not you know the normal budget process where large policy decisions are decided usually in the beginning of fiscal year. But what we're dealing with is like these aren't gaps in the like immediate. This isn't like we won't be able to function tomorrow if th- this funding isn't done. This is we have out year issues, i.e. a lot of we have a lot of costs that in future years we will need to be able to manage and change. So the out year funding when it comes to capital and expense. Uh, with the city fluctuates a lot because there's a lot of different ways you can move money around to kind of deal with that push projects that aren't as important down the road a little bit. There's a lot of little behind the scenes budget magic that happens to get that stuff to balance out. What the mayor is essentially suing is like, we are going to need all of this to balance out immediately during the mod. Um, when it's usually small numbers of money, uh, is being moved and shifted around. Um, and we're essentially making policy decisions off of something that really can be done with a lot of coordination with I- ideas that IBO has, independent budget office, um, other ways to try and bring in new revenue or, you know, and that's the big one. Like what is the state and what the federal government's doing for revenue in particular with the state, because the governor has committed multiple times that they're not increasing any new revenue. We had the controller from the state saying that like that, you know, 2019 revenue was an incredibly important uh, piece of the puzzle of the state's functioning and we have the governor not willing to bring in new revenue. You know, those are all the pieces that usually are done now in order to kind of make a plan to, to cover these gaps in the out years. What mayor's doing instead is just saying, hey, we're just going to make massive cuts now um, when no one's, well, we don't have hearings to have a process to talk about it, um, really engage with the policy of it. Uh, this is just him executing right. on a policy idea. Right. Because in the regular process in the spring, I mean, you have months of hearings and uh, interest groups being able to lobby city council and, and negotiations back and forth between the council and the mayor. And it seems like he's trying to just short circuit that whole uh, process. Uh, now, um, one thing that's uh, been troubling about this uh, process also is he re- repeatedly uh, tries to blame uh, the migrants uh, who have come to New York city over the last year and a half, roughly 140,000 uh, individuals, mostly coming uh, from the South 
of of the border. Uh, can you talk about that a little bit? And also, uh, as I recall, this summer uh, he kind of got caught trying to hand out this massive no bid contract for hundreds of millions of dollars to a company. Uh, I, I think they had no expertise in the services they claimed they were going to provide. Yeah, I mean, this is the real trick with this is because the argument that he's making is a situation that he create, himself created. Because um, first off, you know, the Independent Budget Office, uh, which is independent, uh, was able to do an analysis on, you know, asylum seekers, essentially saying that the costs being projected are overblown. You know, then they were able to make changes unilaterally of sort of what those costs were going to be, which kind of showed that they were not totally accurate. And, you know, on top of that, you know, they're a lot of things that the mayor is already doing, which is exacerbating the problem. You know, I I think the mayor is, you know, uh, is not funding this uh, CFAP's, you know, voucher program. So like other ways to get people housed, um, he's not really using, which would free up other housing throughout the city to be able to like address this general issue. So he's not dealing with with the housing issue with large. And then also there's just like the contracts and like how he's implementing the system that he already is started, which is uh, massive contracts to the only bidder uh, that have, really are just throwing away like tons and tons of money on top of the situation. I mean, I think one vendor was throwing away uh, like thousands of meals a day, uh, each of which costs like $15 or something along those lines. You know, this is just like one inefficiency on top of many in terms of how he's managing the crisis. So this is a very manufactured migrant um, crisis, but he needs this to make the argument that, you know, it's, it's someone else's fault. It's not my fault. And effectively, that's what he's doing by like not housing people, not doing the other policy work to kind of deal with the issues of our shelters. He's pushing this onto this this fairly racist narrative that it's the migrants problem. And unfortunately, I don't have the numbers on hand, but even the actual cost, despite what you're explaining um, with this sort of like manufactured crisis with the way it's been handled, the actual costs still don't account for the amount that the budget's being cut um, at all. Um, but so the mayor and the city council passed the annual budget in June, as they are required to do, and fiscal year 2024 is already underway. Without getting too deep into the weeds again, can you describe what these m- mid-year budget cuts are and how the mayor actually gets this other shot at going back and enacting the budget cuts he had to forsake when he reached a compromise with the city council back in June. One example being cuts to the library services that were then rescinded, but are now on the table once again, putting the whole through city through this sort of, you know, emotional roller coaster. With right. Real, you know, Absolutely. I mean, a lot of my friends work for the city and they're, sorry, really nervous about losing their jobs. But yeah, anyway, it's a it's a disaster, and he's cutting revenue building agencies too. So like that even is a dumber idea. Uh, but so what happens is we have like four times a year to kind of reevaluate the the budget, the city budget, and those are financial plans. And when you make a mod, like I mentioned before, a modification is those like small changes or shifts of money. But if they're within a certain threshold, they require a vote. And what he's doing is essentially things he wasn't able to cut before. He's like adding to this mod. Like generally, mods are very small amounts of numbers. Like when I was at OMB, you know, a mod would come in, I would fiddle around online with it, send like a quick memo. It, it's not a very large thing, except when it's very like large quantities of money that's being shifted and moved around. You know, so this does need you know a thumbs up from from council, which it usually does because you don't deal with policy during a mod. You know, so there's no infrastructure to have a policy conversation during it. Um, so. That's effectively what he's doing is trying to like have get this through and force council to 
effectively be an obstructionist to them, which process which normally isn't very uh, drawn out and long. You know, so this is where all life of all these kind of cuts and unfavorable, unpopular things are kind of being reemerged in this like technical process that usually just happens and is not as much of a you know back and forward as it is now. Uh, so that's kind of like how he's using the you know general mod process as a, a time to push policy and really gut the city. And right now it's like the least tenable time to be working for the city. Uh, people are leaving in droves. It's it's really a tough time just because of the fact that the agencies can't do their basic services. They can't be agencies because they've been kind of to the bone already. And now he's bringing these old ideas back to kind of go further. Right. And just to be clear, and we've had conservative uh, mayors in uh, recent decades, including Rudy Giuliani and Michael Bloomberg, uh, they did not uh, do anything this uh, uh, far reaching in the mid-year budget process. No, um, this is the first time in my memory since the, um, since when uh, the, the almost uh, bankruptcy of the city where a mayor has kind of pushed um, a mod that has been like this drastic policy wide. Uh, so yeah. the council has a, has a chance of doing this, but you know, it's, it's, it's again, it's just a new territory for all of us just because of the situation. Right. And unfortunately we only have a couple more minutes here, uh, but can you describe uh, what it is the city council could uh, do to try to thwart this? And in particular, what is the progressive caucus of the city council doing that they are 20 of the council's 51 members? I know they had a, a press conference and a rally about a week ago, but uh, are, are they going to be able to uh, to get Speaker Adrian Adams to push back against the mayor? I mean, what's the uh, internal struggle look like from your vantage point? Right. So the key here is like, we have this new look progressive caucus. They're like more focused and, uh, you know, uh, in their, in their vision and you know the really this rally is like a good window into sort of what the press process and folks in that space are trying to do which is like demand the mayor like you cannot make these incredibly damaging cuts to our communities and our districts um unless you find another way to make savings um you know either by changing the nypd and uh permanent corrections budget which is a huge piece of um the budget as is or try and find other ways to do pretty reasonable ideas in terms of dealing with out-year costs by dealing with headcount and other types of things that AIBO and all these other folks are totally open and willing to work with the mayor on to try and do, you know, I think council has to just essentially say you you can't get away with this. Now, if council were to just vote, you know, no on the mod, he can still move money around in some other backhand way. So it's not going to be an overt, you know, stopping of what's going on generally immediately with the fiscal budget city, but this does tell him that he can't get away with it. And I think that's a very important um, statement for council to make, progressive caucus to make at this time, going into how much crisis is going on through the city that the mayor is having have happened. Okay, well, we'll continue to monitor this and it, the mayor, both what the mayor is doing and how uh, progressives and socialists on city council are, are responding. Uh, Brandon West, uh, uh, former city council candidate yourself and also former budget staffer for city council. Uh, thank you so much for joining us on the Independent News Hour. Yeah, thank you. It was good talking. Okay.